This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, all right, man. Let's go nut nut. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here to honor my dad's life and work. So when Rhea was planning this thing, she asked me to help out with a tribute of a certain flavor. Just remember, I'm not a professional. Born on the north bank, king of the east side, 50 years strong, now he's rolling in a sick ride. Handmade suits, raking in loot, five-star general, y'all best salute. Yo, bitches be catty, but the King Kong daddy rock all the haters while we go roll a fatty. Squiggle on the decks, Kenny on the rhymes, and Logan Big ballin' on Hampton's time. L to the OG, dude be the OG. A and he playin', playin' like a pro. L to the OG, dude be the OG, A and he playing, playing like a pro. A1 ratings, 80k wine, never gonna stop, baby, fuck father time, bro. Don't get it twisted, I've been through hell, but since I stand dad, I'm alive and well. Shaper of views, creator of news, father of many, paid all his dues. So don't try to run your mouth at the king, just pucker up, bitch, and go kiss the ring. L to the OG, dude be the OG. A and he playing, playing like a pro. L to the OG, dude be the OG, A and he playing, playing like a pro. L to the OG, dude be the OG, A and he playing, playing like a pro. No, 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 no,
No. Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Drive your fucking Wally bird. They laugh in New York and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. Television that captures our imaginations. I'm your host, Anthony Mays, and I'm joined by Jake Hoy. Eden Liu is on location in London working on her next project. This week, we're busting in guns in hand only to find they've turned into fucking sausages. With Succession Episode 9, all the bells say. Well, Jake, we did it. We made it to the end of the season, the nine episode season. And after much fanfare and distraction, Guess who's not dead? <laughs> Guess who's alive? The instinct was correct, right? Like, didn't think it was a thing until people started thinking it was a thing. And I ended up checking out the Watch podcast where they had a big debate about it. And Chris Ryan made a passionate case for why he thought he was dead. And, and Andy Greenwald made a passionate case for why he didn't. And I got the impetus i got the i got the instinct but then i was like but that's not the show they why would they take this guy off the board you know i still couldn't wrap my mind around it it was amazing how quickly it was over (laughs) my favorite was the frame by frame breakdown of the preview for next week and how kendall's not in it but then there's the shot of Logan reading to a kid. It's probably Iverson. You can only see the top of his head. And that's the first shot of the episode in the cold open. Right. Where Logan is reading. Mog was dead tired, wanted to sleep forever. So she did. Yeah. That was interesting. Right. <laughs> and then it was, a, it was an interesting choice of phrasing there too. Cause he says, you know, your dad was okay. Why not is okay. <laughs> You mean he was an okay guy? We're sorry we lost him? I guess we're supposed to read it as the kids were uncomfortable, and that's why they went inside last episode when he was super drunk. That's what he's explaining that he was okay with. But anyways, he wants a book with more action because this book is a little too young for Iverson, even though he likes it. Then the phone rings, and he yells for Jerry, and grandpa time is over until who knows when. (laughs) Might never happen again. This was a fascinating scene in general because I think it's the only moment in the whole season in which we've seen them at leisure. Downtime, family downtime. And I love, this is a phenomenal touch here of the Roy's playing Monopoly. 
Oh, yeah. I would watch this for hours. <laughs> Give me the live stream like a Dungeons and Dragons Twitch. Get Peter Jackson to handle the raw footage. Exactly. Give me the nine hour treatment. Roman's bitter about last episode. That would have been his dream, though, right? Shiv fucking Jerry with Roman's dick. She calls him dick pickler. Tom gets a get out of jail free card. Another one. Roman calls Carrie a waitress. She offers him a kid's menu. Will is still ducking Connor's proposal. Tom has to go. He's got a Forbes profile, so he wants to give his properties to Shiv. They say, no, you got to auction him. Forbes is interested in him turning ATN citizens into a cash machine by turning on the bigot spigot to full gush. Shiv mocks him, but Tom calls it reductive, and Greg says, talk about me. Willa accuses Shiv of cheating, but she just stole so that she could win. And Roman mocks her for stealing as he steals money himself. Kendall approaches. Roman calls him the Kurt Cobain of the fucking floaties. And I like that because while everyone was wondering if Kendall was dead, I kind of thought the angle made him look like the Nevermind baby. Mm. And we also, of course, had the Nirvana offense of many episodes ago. So mm -hmm. Nirvana one. coming back into play. Yeah, nice. Roman offers Comfrey a C-note to let Kendall sink next time. I guess Comfrey was our hero. Ten comes in with a horrible Italian orange soda. He doesn't want a song and dance. He just had one too many limoncellos. Doesn't want to leave his kids at Logan's and he might be heading home, talking to new lawyers, thinking of putting everything from the last five years on his Insta. Still stuck in that loop, you know? He's, he can't get out of that loop, dude. Vanity Fair might be doing a whole thing with him. He's ready to get into it all and yells at his kids. Comfrey shares that they're the ones initiating the Vanity Fair talks. Logan blows through, brushes Roman aside. The DOJ is hitting them with a historic fine, and the Gojo market cap has overtaken theirs. Gojo's considering other options. Shiv presses Roman. Don't be so sweaty, Betty. Logan's going to go see Lucas. Roman wants to tag along. No. Stay here and play with your dick. Shiv offers. But then Logan backpedals. He invites Tumble Down after all. Let's go see Hans Christian Anderfuck and see if he's been telling them fucking fairy tales. <laughs> so even after the dick pic, Roman is still above Shiv in the power rankings. He's the last one left. We get the helicopter to the boat. Once again on the boat, Logan comments on Carrie being a good looking woman. And then asks Roman what the deal is. Is he scared of pussy? Is it all screens or up the ass with you or what? Get straightened out, but I don't want to know. In typical Logan fashion... He gets straight into it when he's there. Are we doing this fucking merger or not? Lucas likes it. They both find everything pretty fucking boring. Except this. Logan thinks it can work. Shall we dance? Then we get a funny Zuckerberg reference as Lucas tells a story about ancient Roman slaves wearing the same cloak. Yeah. They decided not to do it because if all the slaves dressed the same, they'd realize how many of them there were and they'd rise up and kill the masters. Roman doesn't love Mark. Does he have a kid in Malaysia reading history for him now? Lucas says they need data, eyeballs, scale. They don't have the technology or the orientation. But Lucas doesn't have the content. Well, maybe not, but we're flying like a fucking rocket ship and you're sinking like a lead balloon. What's your churn like? Yeah, we hear you have problems with binge and burn. We got the good stuff. Sure, sure. Some of your content is pretty cool, I guess. But business-wise, it's time for you to beef up or sell out. And you can't become a tech player because you and your business are just too fucking old. Whoa. He is in great shape. You know who he's fucking? 
I don't want to be rude because you're a legend. Honestly, you're fucking bulletproof tank man. So, you want me to come in your sauna and tell you what a pretty pecker you got? I'm just really excited about the future. So am I. Yeah, but... Are you? Really? Well, that's something you say, isn't it? No, but I am excited. But... America... I don't know. When I arrived, there were these gentle giants smelling of fucking gold and milk. They could do anything. Now look at them. Fat as fuck. Scrawny on meth or yoga. They pissed it all away. I don't know. This was a great pitch by Lucas. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that Logan is considering it because of the way he talks about how he just doesn't understand the landscape anymore, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I really loved. Lucas thinks they fit. They're strong by, but then Waystar has the fine, all this other bullshit. You're hurt. Maybe you're tired. It makes sense for Lucas to take over. He'd welcome being told to fuck himself, but Logan doesn't say that right away. Lucas would make it nice. Wants him to maintain prestige, would structure it so fucking nice for him. I notice you're not punching me in the nose. And he knows what he's thinking. Every bit of him wants to tell this slab of Gravelax to go fuck himself, except for the bit that knows that every word he says is true. Yeah, this was well done. Getting to the heart of things, speaking plainly, and not with a bunch of jargon either. Very plain and simple. These are the facts of the matter, and this is the future in front of us. It definitely seemed to accelerate the simultaneous rise of Gojo and descent of Waystar into these two episodes. If I don't know, three episodes ago, whenever they were discussing it, it wasn't even close in terms of market cap. Like it was very clear that Waystar would be bigger, but it does indicate the overall landscape of the business world, which is, yeah, which is fairly true. I mean, I've talked about this with friends like Viacom, someone like Apple, you know, getting into the streaming service, right? And potentially buying a Viacom or, or those kinds of mergers. Because like Viacom with all those cable channels, like they're on the decline. You know what I mean? You look at these numbers on the traditional media, they're all down substantially, right? But that could easily be a big massive library for somebody like an Amazon. Well, yeah, it's like Amazon buying MGM who want to bulk up their library of stuff. Amazon acquired MGM so they could get bond movies and make a bond TV show in the future and get the library and all that. Thinking about Waystars, we only really know about the news division, ATN. Right. We don't really have a sense of their broader <laughs> entertainment options other than the amusement parks, which is very much sounds like a Viacom kind of thing as opposed to a Fox thing. But I guess we're supposed to assume that they have the equivalent of the Simpsons. Sure, sure. Those kinds of pet things that are going to keep people coming back. Whatever they do actually tell us about never sounds very good, but there no. is the alleged Callispatron franchise, if that's a billion-dollar right. movie franchise like the Transformers or something. Sure, they allegedly have good shit because they're telling us that they do. 
Exactly. Because they make money, right? So we assume they have legit shit that brings in a ton of revenue. Lucas turns to Roman, who he says would be essential to the integration process, the face of the family. The rest of the top team would be assessed based on their abilities. They'd have to fight it out. Carl have to go easy on those sandwiches. He'd have to actually do some work. Logan says no. Lucas offers an asset swap if he wants to stick around. Logan tells Roman to head back. His mom and the brouhaha getting married to a bowl of porridge. And Lucas and Logan are left alone, which of course we don't see. But we do get a shot of Logan's face deep in thought. Back in Tuscany, Roman joins the siblings at breakfast. Connor is pissed that no one talked to him about the merger of equals. Matson wants to round up the maverick thinkers like me into his digital gulag. Gulag once again. Kendall joins the table. Heavy intervention vibes. He's suspicious. A roast? I've always wanted to be roasted. Oh, wait. Let me just switch gears here. Fire up this spliff. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Frank, hold on. Um, everyone's here today because they care about you and they want you to get well. She ain't funny. Next. Frank, you're an asshole. Ah, that's it. Now rain down on me. Come you're on. You're a prick. Well, I... And your addiction has affected yes. us in the following ways. You are annoying. Oh, Dennis, come on. Give it to me with both barrels. Why do we never play Nightcrawlers anymore, huh? I don't know, Charlie. What is Nightcrawlers? It's a game where they crawl around in the night like worms. I never yeah. said that. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Uh, intervention! Intervention! Is nothing private, Frank? Jesus. Tell them they love him. And Roman doesn't want him to die. They're worried he tried to kill himself. Kendall wonders why they get to do an intervention on him. He goes full Oprah. You get an intervention. You get an intervention. But suicide jumps to the front of the line. He's addicted to booze, drugs, relationships, sex, work, and the family drama. Ken says their little committee doesn't have any standing. Connor just wants him to stop trying to kill Pop. You're selfish, self-centered. Shiv cuts him off. She wants to lead. Kendall feels like he has good intentions. It's actually about them and their shit more than him. He's not being defensive. He's hearing them. But do they have any idea how it feels as the oldest son to be promised something and have it taken? <laughs> I'm the oldest son. What's up? I am the oldest son. Well, yeah, obviously, Colin, but you know what he means. I am the eldest son. And no one told me about this fucking merger of fucking equals. And what if I want to take over because I am the eldest son? All right. Easy, easy Con. It's I'm the okay. eldest son. Okay. I'm the eldest son. Whoa. And yeah. I must be considered and I need to be taken into account. Con, we're, we're talking about what I actually lost. Shut up. What, you're hurt? I didn't see Pop for three years. But your spoon wasn't shiny enough. Huh? It is not all about you. I thought you loved me. Asshole. I do love you. I love all three of you pricks. But what do I get from you chumps but chump change? Fucking chump change. Well, fuck you. I'm here for your mom's wedding, and I proposed to my fiancé. And no one has said congratulations. No one. 
But I am the eldest son of our father. I am. I am. Me. He is him. Fuck off. Unbelievable stuff here from Connor as he just yeah. loses his shit. <laughs> It's a great scene. The build up to it. He even headbutts Kendall and drops a fuck off on his way out. Connor's like digging into a napkin with his knife, you know, as as Kendall's presenting his problem to the table. You know, Connor was so sidestepped so long ago. It doesn't occur to him to be the level of pain in the ass that the other three are. Because he was told he wasn't entitled to much a long time ago, if anything. Well, there's been some interesting breadcrumbs on that front. Because in this speech, he says that he didn't see him for three years. And when he goes to Logan and asks for a job, Logan says he wasn't interested. So there is this idea that Connor, having the separation from the family, just kind of wanted to pave his own road. And by that, I mean have everything paid for by his dad, but just not be involved in the business. Right. There was a weird moment I want to address for a second because he gets annoyed for not congratulating him on the proposal that hasn't yet been accepted. Right. (laughs) I was like, who congratulates you on asking? (laughs) It's a fair point. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but it was just more that He's constantly marginalized. He was marginalized in the family and he's marginalized in the show. And so I love him digging his heels in. No, but it was already well expressed with the I am the eldest son. It was a great performance. It illustrated the differences between him and them. And also just the fucking selfishness of the three of them as they proceed towards the things thereafter. All four of them are so selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, but he's the least. Or his selfishness is the least destructive. Let's put it that way. Until he becomes president, and then it'll be a little destructive. (laughs) He'll never become president, let's be What do you mean, Jake? He pisses policy laser. Oh, my God. Connor vents to Willa, pretends to be upset about the AC, but he's going to lose ATN, his campaign, and Willa. Willa says he's a nice man, and you know what? Fuck it. Not fuck off, but fuck it. How bad can it be? Fuck it, right? Connor embraces the phrase, fuck it. Fuck it forever. This is the parallel to uh, Greg and Tom's moment later in the episode. She's the Greg. (laughs) Fuck it. I'm in. And her face as she gets in the car and her face throughout the rest of the episode as she just proceeds to get plastered. Yeah. Capped off an excellent, excellent season for Willa. It was interesting because there's all these subtle interactions between the staff and the attendees, right? And as Willa's climbing into the car, yelling out, fuck it, she gets a little self-conscious because she understands what it's going to mean for her, right? And she's really not far removed from the staff position. No, definitely not. Whereas Connor's walking around the other side. He's, uh, you know, he's on top of the world. He can say fuck it as much as he wants. Speaking Italian. The whole reason she's afraid to enter this world is that discomfort she feels it's pretty cool they did that well but this was also a sympathy bang essentially she feels bad for him and 
mm-hmm. she can do something to cheer him up, which is accept his proposal. She can always bail later. It's not final. You can always get a divorce and you can always renegotiate that divorce settlement. Well, you could always say, eh, maybe I'm not ready to get married either. It's true. She hasn't <laughs> walked down the aisle yet. Exactly. Carl and Frank show up. Carl asks about the Wi-Fi. Carrie says she sacrificed a few goats, so it seems to be working. The actual wedding, Shiv is pressing Roman about Logan, and he's being dodgy. Shiv says Caroline does have a prenup to keep the London flat. Greg asks Tom to run interference with Comfrey so he can chat up the princess. She's eighth in line for the throne of Luxembourg. Greg, you're a plane crash away from becoming Europe's weirdest king. Off a couple hemophiliacs, you're king of Luxembourg. It sounds like a cookie. It's actually a grand duchy. (laughs) Something to do with the Congress of Vienna. Very complicated. She doesn't like to talk about it, but we've been talking about it a lot. Now Roman's chatting her up. And Tom says, get in there, Greg. If Roman marries her, he'll invade France. Carrie brings Logan some green juice. He hates it. Logan is having an intense business meeting. Holds up the shush sign to Marsha, who then tells Carrie to schedule her an omelet. Kendall is running late, but Peter is waiting for Logan to show up, so they haven't started yet. Shiv says Roman should tell mom that he loves her. Fuck off. She's the only one that makes his pee-pee go boom-boom. Greg is sitting between Comfrey and the Contessa. We hear that Peter Munyon's middle name is Munga? Peter Munga Munyon? What? (laughs) Weird. Shiv says a few words at the reception. Shit. No. What? Bitch. Mom has been a constant pain, but she loves her anyways. Remarkable, complicated, interesting person that she is. No one like her mom, and Peter's a lucky guy. She's jealous of the time you get to spend with her, and then she puts her hand on Tom's shoulder. I hope that your marriage is as rich and happy, rewarding, and fulfilling as mine. Throughout the episode, she's, she just keeps driving the knife into Tom, not realizing she's driving it into herself. <laughs> Quite beautiful. This was a great rewatch, just to keep your eyes on Tom the whole time. Oh, uh, and at the time, you're like, oh, wow, man, fucking Tom's just getting eviscerated this season. Shiv wonders if Marsha knows something. Dad's back. Why isn't he here? Roman says, cool beans. 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 Beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. comes over shares that willa said yes cut to willa drinking <laughs> connor pulls out a maca root roman guesses it's a dried penis from one of the great men of history but logan's working on his baby batter maca root almond butter he's putting together a more adhesive and potent gloop he's working on his jism are you fucking with me right now it's munching walnuts rocking sperms like a little catfish dad scrambling the fighters and then connor puts the maca root in roman's face don't tangle with the root unless you're firing up the siege engines. Guess he doesn't really rate you guys, huh? Yeah, this great moment of revenge playing out here. Amazing Connor fuckery, absolutely. You're no better than me. <laughs> it's definitely to get back at them for the earlier moments because he's feeling himself a little bit after Willis said yes. Oh, yeah. But Jay did propose that this could be possibly planting the seed of the maca root for the entire what's to come Mm -hmm. 
because clearly there's three people being frozen out of what's going down <laughs> as everybody else is progressively included. Logan's cranking up the trebuchet in the spawn chamber, issuing his hell seed. Tom also wants to get cracking. Space race. Roman knows that Shiv can't get pregnant. It would have happened by now. They may be freezing, but Tom's going to have to carry it. Poop out his own baby. Squeezes Tommy tits for man milk. Jerry interrupts. Says Lucas's financier is on the move. Greg has been contacted by some assistants. They're just in shock that Greg would have breaking news. <laughs> exactly. They split up to figure it out. Full panic mode. Greg wonders if the Contessa donates to Greenpeace because he's got some beef. Long story, but they're bad. One guy in Greenland just cashing checks and eating penguins and stomping cigarettes out on glaciers. <laughs> Roman interrupts, but the Contessa finds Greg interesting. Roman calls him an irrelevant pauper. And Greg takes offense and stands up for himself. No to no, my friend. <laughs> You're a self-admitted, uh, uh, there's no word for it in your language, sexual pervert. You're an interesting family. Greg's tremors on Lackey Slack revealed that a number of advisors from Lion Tree don't like the feel of Italian pillows. And those are presumably all of the worker bees in Logan's office right now. Yeah, how about Greg punching back? There was a lot of people finally standing up to people that they've been taking shit from for a long time in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it was a finale, Jake. <laughs> you're right, but you're not used to seeing it with Greg. No. Well, Greg's trying to get himself into the European monarchy. Yeah. Sees a sliver of daylight here, so he can punch back at Roman to make himself look better in front of this girl. I don't think he would have done the same if it was business related. In a meeting? Yeah. Well, I mean, still, it's Roman. You know, he's not taking it lying down. You're right. But he's also taking the advice of Tom and Shiv. Mm -hmm. Following the transactional advice to treat Comfrey as a date ladder. And find the best match for his own advantage. Kendall is smoking an American spirit, squatting in the corner. Carrie goes to Jerry, and Jerry immediately leaves. Roman runs her down, but Carrie plays dumb. Tells her it's a stupid idea to have a baby with Logan. It'll be born old with a walker. Roman thinks Carl and Frank are here with a bunch of M&A advisors. He calls Carl, who claims to be at the office. We've got Marsha throwing out bullshit. And this leads Roman to finally share that Lucas floated the idea of buying Waystar. Shiv has fireworks going off in her head. Roman mockingly says that Logan told Lucas to fuck off. <laughs> I did like that imitation, but Shiv is furious. She goes to grab Mopey Kendall, who's not interested. They might need his line to Frank or Stewie. And Shiv rushes them all off as Caroline takes photos and kids eat cake. They walk down a dirt path to a parking lot. Tell Kendall about Lucas. And Shiv notices that Roman is downgrading his lie. She recaps all the facts. Something has flipped. Roman doesn't think Logan would ever sell. But Shiv wonders if they'd have protection. Kendall just doesn't want to get into it. And Shiv asks if he's speaking with Madsen. As Laird calls and Kendall sinks to the ground. He's not here. There's something really wrong with me, Shiv. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Uh... Well, it's okay. It's... I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm not feeling very connected to my children or my endeavors right now. And, uh, I can't get one thing right with another, you know? 
I'm, I'm, I don't know what happened. I tried to do something. I, I, I really, I, I tried. I tried. I know, man. I know, you fucked it. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, that's what happened, yeah. I took a shot. But it's like, it didn't matter. It's but. just business, okay? Like, we're all fucked. Everything just sort of got mixed up. I thought I had an out. I could see it. I could, I could see the way markers, and I thought I could, out of all our shit, I thought I, I thought I could take us all out of it. I, I did, I did try. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I'm not a good person. Well, whatever, you're fine. I'm, I'm bad. Come on. Lighten up, Glum Glum. I killed a kid. Hmm? What? What? I killed a kid, and... Yeah, they're, they're coming for me. They're gonna come for me. Is this... Uh, is this real? What the fuck? At your wedding. What? Poor shit. The kid. That kid. Uh, you mean the waiter kid? The... I was high. And I was looking for... to score, and... I was drunk. I was fucked up. But I drove. And he saw something, and he snatched at the wheel. And we went into the water. And then I left him in there and ran. Okay, uh... Let's, we gotta get you, come on, let's... It's fucking lonely. Hey. I'm all apart. I mean, if it pleases the court. It sounds like you didn't kill him. It sounds to me like he killed him. Rome, I'm a piece of shit, man. But the road in the water killed him? That's what it sounds like. No, man. Don't. No, seriously. I mean, you crashed and then what? You did? You ran? No. No. I mean, I tried to get him. You did? Okay, see? That's... I, I dived a few times. This sounds like the story of a hero to me. I would have been straight out of there. Serious, I would have been out of that water like a tabby cat out of a bath. Don't, man. Don't. Don't, man. I'm a, I'm a killer. Oh, fuck you. Bullshit. Come on. At worst, you're... You're an irresponsibler. Okay? You're bigging yourself up. Yeah? I don't know, you guys. I don't know. I'm blown into a million pieces. Kendall's been needing to tell someone about this forever since it happened. It's been two full seasons that he's been carrying it on his own. He finally opens up. He's finally letting it all out. And Jake, what did you make of the different reactions from Shiv and Roman? Perfect. 
Shiv is the most sensitive and empathetic of the group. And she, the great thing is she, they're bad. They're doing it within the tension of this realization that everything is shifting out from under them. And now they've got to contend with this intense information. So they're like simultaneously navigating, actually trying to be helpful to him because, you know, they've already expressed concern in the episode for his well-being, right? And they, the siblings have shown that they want to rally around him, at least in an emotional capacity, to give him some kind of cushion, not knowing at all that they were actually going to have to do it on a deeply emotional level of some sort, right? And so they're both out there doing the absolute best they can given the circumstances. And I thought Roman's comedic responses to diffuse the tension and to also provide some levity in Kendall's mind about, you know, I love the line, you're bigging yourself up. Yep. <laughs> you're an irresponsibler. And then as more details are revealed, how he sort of talks him down a bit from what he thinks of himself and to kind of minimize what happened. I mean, it's pretty remarkable run of performances right there. Yeah, I thought Shiv kind of got lost and really didn't know what to do. She tries to offer support and get down on his level and yeah, and console him. But yes, Roman, in exceedingly true to character fashion, doesn't like to be left alone with feelings and right. just right. pivots to what he does best, which is quip and comedy. But it works, right? It eventually does break through, yes. But Kendall wallowing in the dirt and finally admitting that he's bad, that this idealistic knight in shining armor that he talked about with his dad last episode is pretty gone. He's literally in the dirt now and he's emptying his guts. Yeah. Well, he's shedding the delusions. Yes. And some of these delusions were necessary to go on. I don't know who you are, but you know, like how you carry something like that around, especially when it is complicated, it wasn't a murder. It, it certainly bears the bulk of the responsibility for it. But to carry that around, it's got to be destabilizing on a serious level. And he'd been propping himself up with all of these illusions about himself. And those all get stripped away because nothing can come through. And he just realizes it's all been at the expense of anything he could have been doing that would have genuinely made him a better person. And this is why you can't kill off a character like Kendall because you're giving him a shortcut to resolving the really heavy shit that's <laughs> that drives him. Right. Exactly. It's not interesting if he passes away and the story of the dead waiter, which was a next level escalation in terms of this show. Yeah. The season one finale, I don't think they've hit that level since because it was so unpredictable and so unexpected yes and you just get in this car in the middle of the night and you don't know what the hell is going to happen and then 
you sit in it for so long as you watch him come back. He has to come back to that moment. And he finally did it. It's the end of season three. And he did it with his siblings. And it resolves with that great moment where they're all making contact with each other. Yeah. And there's that discomfort there too, right? Because they don't really know how to console people. No, there is not a lot of consoling going on here. They have no maternal force in their life who would be the providers of consolation. The father is nothing on an emotional level. Get yourself straightened out. I don't want to know about it. Yeah. I don't want to know. Whatever it takes, fix it. Fix that shit. And, you know, that's what Logan, he's a fixer, but only in as much as it's a logistical situation. It's got nothing to do with the mind or the heart or the soul. Souls are boring. (laughs) Boo, souls. (laughs) Shiv gets a call from Laird, Danny Houston, who just appears as the voice on the other end of a phone, leaves Roman to deal with all the feelings. Who hasn't clipped the odd kid with a Porsche? It's like a rite of passage. I've killed a kid too. Big deal. Shiv, you killed a kid, right? Man, you fucked my wedding in so many ways. One waiter down, that makes sense. Took me forever to get a fucking drink at her wedding. And he'll plead with him to stop the jokes. Roman sits down next to him. Who's the real victim here? I waited three quarters of an hour for a gin and tonic. And that finally gets Kendall to laugh. Comedy is a great cure of being distraught. The emotions are pretty close together. Yeah, absolutely. And also those lines remind you, even though that they, you, they seem a bit more human in the moment, well, they're still coming at it from their position of privilege. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't clipped a kid? <laughs> Shiv gets confirmation. Laird's inside the deal, but he got cucked out of the lead, so he's bitter and bleeding. Sounds like Laird. Gojo buys Waystar, pays premium. Logan cashes out, keeps a title and a few assets, but it's Lucas's board. It's not ideal, but they all need to talk about it. Roman puts his hand on Ken's shoulder. Shiv touches his head. Kendall cries and gets up. He asks if he can be with them. A genuinely sweet moment, and Roman affectionately smacks his head. Yeah, I actually thought that all felt super authentic. It was impressive. Then let's get to the part that didn't feel totally authentic to me. They get in a car. They're going to go see Logan and tell him they won't have it. Mm Mm-hmm. Roman struggles with it, but decides to join them. He wants to talk to Logan directly, just him. Shiv says that he's just a little rat fucker. But they have been working closely together. Doesn't want to get too aggressive, because he doesn't know how it's going to play out. Lucas taking control as Logan slamming the door means they won't, can't, or should take over. Can they actually stop him? And Kendall pulls a get-out-of-jail-free card out of his ass. Logan would need a supermajority in the holding company. Caroline got them that in the divorce to protect their interests, of course, just like she said to Shiv last episode, Mm -hmm. because that's what she's all about. Mm -hmm. Roman might want to stick with what he's got, which is what? Hard drive full of dick pics? (laughs) Roman thinks Logan will take care of him. Shiv and Kendall tell him he'll be Romanov's taken to the cellar. That'll be that. Dad is never going to choose you because he thinks there's something wrong with you. Maybe they should say these things to each other instead of Vanity Fair. Roman asks if the holding company move is real, and Ken says it's legal fact. It's time to rip off the Band-Aid, push him out, urinary tract, shareholder meeting, nearly croaked at Josh's, fucking a 20-year-old, planning for babies in jars. It's time for a full coup. So after Kendall proposing this in episode two in his daughter's bedroom, now we've got Shiv leading the charge, all the kids united. Yeah. They talk about divvying up the assets, like Alexander the Great, really equal. We can fight it out. It'll be fun. Well, remember, I said, I think it was last of us said, you know, Shiv is 
been closer to Kendall the whole time, right? Oh, definitely. In terms of his mindset, she just couldn't join him. And boy, if they had joined him, this wouldn't be happening right now. If they had done this in episode two, we'd have a different path to this moment. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> it would have failed. It would have failed then, <laughs> just like it fails now. But, yeah. But, but they had a better chance because, you know, at the time, Kendall still thought he had a good story to tell. He thought he had enough evidence on his side, right? We, we've learned since he barely had anything. You keep learning the same thing over and over with these guys. It's like they just, they, they're just completely incompetent, going by whims and just don't have the goods to do what they want to do. But the best moment was then because the three of them aligned might have had an option with Stewie and Sandy. And the eldest son, Connor. Don't forget him. They blew their moment. And now they're just hoping for the best. Take Mussolini away in a van to the hospital and take over the radio stations. Oh, fuck. I do think that even though this literally makes me want to vomit, I want to kill you both every day and it's all going to end horribly. I do think that we puke could make a pretty good team. How do they feel about killing dad? Mixed feelings. Pass Kendall the fucking shotgun and Roman reluctantly agrees. Look, man, willing suspension of disbelief and all that. I'm, I'm willing to let it go, but to go from an entire season of being at war with each other yeah. to all of a sudden they're all in a car and they're all on the same page and they've all got a plan. Yeah. A theoretically master key to perfectly block whatever is happening. It just seemed a little forced to me. That's all. Listen, there have been some things that have been done for narrative convenience throughout this season. This didn't bother me so much in the sense that this is their last option. The writing's on the wall. This is the most effective thing about the Connor bringing the Macaroot is you guys aren't next in line. You know, it's like the, the whole conversation about eighth in line, right? So you need this, that, the other thing to happen. And they're, they're not even in line anymore because this is – you don't just get given it. You have to be assigned the succession role, right? That's what we've seen throughout. It's not a monarchy. You're not automatically the next. They think they've been automatically the next. And that's been the problem because they've been proceeding under the assumption that they're owed this spot. Yes, that's it exactly. It's the silver spoon thing that yeah. Connor mentioned. They believe that they're entitled to it. And in this scene, the thing that made it feel okay to me was that what's their play? I mean, Roman has a play. Neither of the other two do and really shift. Right. And that was really the thing is Roman actually heard the conversation with Lucas and heard him say that he was essential. You know, obviously, right. deal making, bullshit, don't get on the private jets, loop us into the conversations. It's all what you say in the moment. Yes. But it's not like Lucas said, you and Shiv. Nope. <laughs> he, said, no, you, he said you, Roman, face and of the family. I'll assess everybody else on their merits. To me, if I'm Roman... I'm on board with that, but he got swung over to his siblings here 
And maybe that's because Logan froze him out up to this point. I mean, that's the only thing that you can lean on is that, look, he did ask him to leave. Right. You know, and Roman knows he took a hit. I mean, you could argue that dick pics are what did it. Yeah. It's what changed everything and made Logan even receptive to this idea. The dick pic that broke the camel's back. Because he's like, I can't trust these guys, which he articulates later. But that was the purpose of that ending to that episode was I got nothing left because for whatever reason, and you don't really know why he soured on Shiv a long time ago or never really wanted, even though like there was that moment in season two where he was prepping her, right? It's going to be you. She never did anything. Even when she did things right, he didn't agree with them for whatever reason or resented them. And it could just be a kind of misogyny. You know, because if you think about the presentation of power in the show, it's pretty much all white men. Yeah. Roman talking about the man club, all that. Yeah. No, it's it's valid. I mean, he kept Shiv on a pretty short leash and yanked it more than a few times in the last couple of years, just like he did to Kendall. So, I mean, keep in mind, she was following his orders earlier in the season. I need you, you know, to do this, that and the other thing. And then when she told him she was being undermined or rather he calls her and says, I just heard from Frank, you know, back off. And she's like, what do you mean back off? You told me, right? It's just amazing. So some of his choices are seem a bit arbitrary. Roman calls Connor. They're layering him in now. Eldest son layered in last. Kendall triple checks the holding company with someone. I don't know who. And Shiv tells Tom all the crucial details. Tom asks where he fits in. They'll figure it out. Gonna offer Logan the medical card and pitches a Logan Roy ailing ATN headline citing the kids as sources. Shiv tells Ken that Tom is in. And Greg comes up to Tom. Say hello to someone who could be Logan's ex-wife, step-cousin-in-law, an heir apparent to the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, 12 times removed or some shit, and potential count of somewhere and legitimate claimant to the dormant throne of Italy. He's hitting it off with the Contessa. She's having a crisis about her personal branding. And Greg is there to wheedle away. Comfrey is helping with the branding refresh, and Greg doesn't think that she's that into him. They're separate betting, which is really fucking weird. For two twenty-somethings to be separate betting, yeah, <laughs> on a wedding <laughs> in Tuscany trip to Italy. Like, come on, man! It's a guilt-free switch-up. Case closed. Slam it shut. That was funny. That these lines were fantastic, dude. The verdict is love, Your Honor. <laughs> and Tom gets serious. Things may be in motion. As in, is anyone going to jail? No. No. So, um, do you want to come with me, Sporus? Can I ask for a little more information? No, don't think so. I might need you as my attack dog. Right. Like, um, a Greg Weiler. Mm. <laughs> Tom's attack dog. Nice. I mean... I have Bright Star Buffalo in my hip pocket. I'm kind of a big deal, so. You fucked yourself before Congress, Greg. That, that's your opinion. Well, I don't recall, Your Honor. I don't recall. You're a fucking joke, man. 
Who has ever looked after you in this fucking family? Huh? All right. Well, in terms of where I could be getting to if I were to come with? You could be heading away from the endless middle and towards the bottom of the top. The bottom of the top? And could I get my own, my own, like... Your own Greg? Yeah. You can have 20. Listen, I have, I have things to do. Um, do you want a deal with the devil? to do with a soul anyways. Souls are boring. <laughs> Boo, souls. <laughs> they shake, they hug, and Nero goes to push his wife down the stairs with Sporus secured. Ah, oh, dude, this scene. Because kind of thinking he is on there. He's gonna join, right? But then he doesn't say what it is. It really sounds like he's asking him to dump the Waystar Buffalo job leave Logan behind and join the revolution. Yep. But the deal with the devil and what am I going to do with the soul anyways? Souls are boring. Incredible stuff. Boo souls. Oh, dude. A boo. I mean, that's, I was, I was texting with Jade about that. The two most human characters on the show are Tom and Greg because they're often punching bags. They're in the endless middle as Tom describes it. You can't, be a killer unless you're willing to view everything as a transaction. And what he's learned from Shiv is that he's no matter how much he loves her, it's not going to change the way she feels about him. He's there for whatever reason she chose him, and it will probably always be a mystery to us. So he's going to get his. He's an afterthought. Where does he fit in? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. When are we going to have a baby? I don't know. We'll freeze one. We'll have one later. It's pushing him down. And that was her last chance. Her last chance was on that phone call. Every time she's called him this season, because this is great. Like, think about all the interactions of Tom and Shiv that were over the phone. Mm -hmm. it, it started very early in the season when they were apart. They were apart. Tom had stayed back with Logan. Shiv had gone out to do her mission and failed and then didn't tell him that she was going right to visit Kendall, but then does when it becomes maybe interesting to her. Maybe there's an upside for her and she calls to game it out, but she doesn't game out Tom's part there either. So she's always only gaming it out for herself. And all of this is just like... <sighs> finally convinced him that what's the point if i'm gonna stay here i'm gonna get mine the kids arrive at logan's palatial villa ken's been planning this since they were four shiv asks roman if he'll melt when logan stares him down and roman recalls water pistols in bali where they plan to shoot dad but everyone bailed and left him for dead shiv conveniently doesn't recall they poke their head into a bustling office but no logan Colin emerges from the other end. Kendall gets right up in his face. Logan calls them in. They feel out of the loop. Carl, Jerry, Frank, and Carrie sitting behind him. And I loved this mm. because it's the non-family members. Mm -hmm. 
And who can Logan really depend on Mm -hmm. to secure the future of the company? People who don't have personal stake invested in the power of taking over. Mm -hmm. I think that it's fair to say that Jerry has aspirations to retain the top job, but she's always calculating and not making personal decisions. And this is a perfect example of that. Well, she can't be the CEO if Madsen's going to come in, right? We, we know that's not possible. Right. She was always the interim for a reason. So she's just what's going to be the, I still will have a killer job if I work with this transition. If I'm Lucas, I'm keeping Jerry and cutting Carl and Frank pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, go get some sandwiches, you sons of bitches. They're all borderline retirement age anyway. Cash them out. Yeah. Shiv thinks they might be the target in the New Deal. Logan wants Kendall out of the room. He doesn't trust him. Roman stands up to his dad. Might be better if they all hear. Logan views this as the optimal moment to make a deal. Shiv wants him to ease up, let him in, so they can know how they're impacted. Logan feels it in his fucking bones. End of the day, that's all I've got. I fucking got. I don't get out. I leave five billion on the table. Come on, Dad. What are you going to do with the five bill? Huh? Put it on your pile with all your other fucking bill? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. And what are we supposed to do? Make your own fucking pile. It's what he's always wanted them to do. Yeah. There's readjustment. Blood in the water. Got to make moves fast, control the situation, get everyone assurances for the future. Shiv thinks they're fucked when Lucas takes over, even though Logan views it as an opportunity to get an education in real life. Without him, they're fucked. No way to take over. Logan approaches Roman, the clubhouse leader. Let's get away from these fucking Jacobins. Roman stands by his siblings. They're strung up in the town square. Logan says Lucas rates Roman, gives him his word. This is an opportunity, son. Bit of fucking grit. Adversity, like me, you can trust me. But Shiv and Kendall say that Logan is not to be trusted. The three of them are here to ask and say, do not do this, please. What if Logan can't listen to them? Shiv says they'll stop him. He needs a supermajority. You're playing toy fucking soldiers. Go on. Fuck off. I have you beat, you morons. Well, no, because you need a supermajority. Oh, well, no, because I need a supermajority. This mocking of Shiv mm-hmm. really does reduce Shiv to the squawking, mm. selfish, <laughs> deluded, most horrible version of herself. Oh, it's devastating. Then Logan really drops the hammer here, brings Caroline back on the phone, who renegotiated the antiquated divorce arrangements on her wedding night. Yeah. To get Peter an apartment and fuck over her kids. In whatever time it took for them to get there. I really loved the Caroline shoe drop here. Because as we talked about last episode, after that moment with Shiv, where she's painting a really sympathetic picture for herself, you have to remember that she doesn't actually give a shit. Like, she's not a great mom. She never really has been. And she said that she... Let Logan have custody to protect their interests. And then right when their interests actually need protection, she hands it over for her new husband, who's a seat sniffer and a star fucker. 
Right. And was pretty clear from the get go that he had things he was interested in, but didn't have anything to give in exchange until the circumstances changed. The kids are humiliated. We just walked in on mom and dad fucking us. Not mom and dad fucking them fucking us. That was nice. Roman pleads. The seat sniffers got a leg up. What have you got? I don't know. Fucking love. <laughs> yep. Logan is appalled. You bust in here, guns in hand, and now find they've turned into fucking sausages? You talk about love? They should have trusted him. Why? Because it works. I fucking win. Tom knew that. Oh, go on, go on. Fuck off. You know she fucking pedestrians. His children are pedestrians. They're meaningless. They can't do anything. Shiv wonders who told him. Roman goes to Jerry and asks for help, but Jerry's focused on her own future and interests. As Logan leaves, he affectionately pats Tom on the shoulder. Another glancing contact with Tom. Red Sequoia, his tan linen suit, strolls in. Fane's concerned for Shiv. What happened? Now we've got the excellent parallel of Kendall doubled over with his hands on Roman's shoulders. Mm -hmm. Tom tries to comfort Shiv. She walks away, and the season ends on Sarah Snook's angry, angry face. Yeah, and she had quite a few of them this episode. All well rendered. It was escalating, yeah, from when Roman told her about the deal to this moment. Yeah. It's just the people closest to her betraying her. So, Tom, huh? (laughs) I think I said last week or the week before, the whole season hangs on how they wrap it up. And despite some unevenness, this was a great finale. I mean, it it flew. It was packed with great writing, packed with great performances, and some really well-earned twists. I mean, the Tom stuff, That's I guess that's why everybody was thinking he was wearing a wire. You know, the sense was right. something is going on that we don't know about. And it turned out, He was wearing a wire for Logan. Correct. And that calls into question how long. That's how the donuts got there. (laughs) He's been wearing a wire for Logan. And you mentioned the donuts. Takes us all the way back to episode two. I think I even said then. I didn't believe that Logan sent the donuts himself. We were all on the same page about that because he seemed surprised that it was mentioned. Right. Tom was giving himself the option. I believe Shiv had a chance to win him back and never did it. And she would have had she known about it, right? She would have manipulated it, but she didn't know and she never made the effort and she got fucked. But it's by her own design. Yeah, it's interesting how the Tom arc of the season fits in with the thinking he was going to go to jail element of it. It's not totally clear to me if him thinking he was going to go to jail drove him to conspire with Logan, but it seems more likely that he's kind of always kept one toe in the pool. Mm -hmm. And then it was the bottoming out of the prison blog deep dives, then emerging from that and having Shiv essentially be unhappy about it. That kind of twisted the knife for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, the thing about his situation is he could have been spying, but knowing he could always, you know, do that for as long as he needed to and then shift to the other side if necessary. I mean, these people are often playing 
both sides, right? Giving themselves an option on to either door that presents itself. I do think he could have joined them if presented with the right opportunity. He was fishing for that at that last phone call. You're right. If yeah. they treated him with some respect, but it does also go back to the diner scene with Kendall. Mm-hmm. Big time. Where Kendall respects him. You made it to the big table. I admire you. And then, of course, uh, I've seen you get fucked over and over again. I've never seen Logan get fucked. Yeah, but Kendall really had nothing to offer in that moment. What a speculation that you might win and take over. Yeah, Kendall had nothing. He had nothing. And Tom saw the writing on the wall there. I mean, the thing is, Roman said the same thing at the family meeting in episode three. Dad wins. He just does. <laughs> Roman along with the uh, siblings instead of dad was the one part of this episode that doesn't quite totally sit with me. I get doesn't that square. there is yeah. the character development that he just feels a little more confident than say in the board meeting in season one, when he can't even look his dad in the face, he looks his dad in the face here and tells him no, essentially. Yes. Which is growth for him. Yes. But at the absolute wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. Part of me was like, dude, just, just bail now. <laughs> Especially when he's like, all right, fuck these two Roman. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah. I've got you. He rates you. That was a challenging one. Because he's pushed the other two siblings aside big time this season, especially Shiv. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was sandbagging her like the last half of the season. He was rel- and there was, was I even saw like on Twitter like that he was like his phone's lock screen was like him giving the middle finger to Shiv or <laughs> something. <laughs> right, like, like he he'd already well bypassed Kendall, so like it wasn't even like worth his time to like, do anything but insult Kendall when he was around. But he'd done a good job of pushing Shiv out of the way too. So to suddenly elevate them and be like, like you say, I mean, I could see in the car, right? Why? Because like, oh my god, everything's crumbling. I'm out too, you know. But when Logan was telling him, I've got you, I've got you. I, I, I thought he might jump ship. And I was kind of rooting for him too, because that moment of trust me, no, you can't trust him. When Shiv's like, why would you believe Shiv? Yeah. Or Kendall, honestly. Well, Kendall wasn't really doing anything in that moment. He was just standing there. It was a great moment. And the Tom reveal was phenomenal. Shout out to Jerome, our buddy Jerome Chang, who posted the comparisons between Tom greeting Logan to Michael mm-hmm. in The Godfather in the, the white suit as Diane Keaton looks on. The Tom father. It was a fantastic cliffhanger because as he told Kendall, what's he supposed to do? Tell his wife that he betrayed her? <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I guess that's got to happen at some point. Definitely more Skarsgård to look forward to. This deal is not locked up, not sewn up completely. So we have to see the fallout of that right apparently everybody's going to be fighting for their lives it's going to be probably some new characters introduced and logan what's he going to do is he going to waltz off into the sunset or is he going to try to double cross lucas here and seize the power back yeah i mean that's the most intriguing part of the whole thing it's like where do they pick up next season this feels like a time jump 
It does, right? It, and it could be a subtle time jump or it could be an extreme time jump, meaning like six months. Um, I don't think they go too far into it. Maybe they, they go right up to the window of where everything is supposed to be being finalized, right? Because it is, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's curious to think about like how, what, what is Logan's role? We know what the kids are going to want to do. They're going to want to get everybody they can to say no, Stewie, Sandy, Josh, whoever it is, right? They're going to work it hard. But what, what's Logan doing? It's very interesting. He definitely seemed a bit over it in the conversation with Lucas and doesn't totally understand the landscape anymore. And as he said, in kind of corporate speak in this last scene, this is the time to go because otherwise it's a sinking ship and he's going to lose money. What's he going to do? He's going to put the billion on his pile of other billion. Right. Because I can't, if I hand it over to you, I can't trust that any one of you will do anything but destroy it. And that goes back to what I was saying to you about the whole failure speech to Roman from, from Matson, Cause you don't get the sense that Matson's out to do this and then watch it all burn. No, he's going to strip Waystar down of the studs. Right. Take what he needs and move on. Right. Cause he's like, I'll shuttle off some assets to you that I don't care about. Right. Cause there are clearly things that he wants and other things he doesn't give a shit about. And I think for the sake of the show, they're gonna f- find a way to keep Logan involved, keep the kids involved. But if this deal were to go through, it's essentially that who is the successor? It's Lucas Matson. <laughs> right. The dark horse that appeared at the end of season three is now the front runner. And also the top child is a, is an in-law. Oh wow. The top son is the son-in-law. You're my number one boy. The one thing about that though. And that takes us to who is our number one boy for this episode, for the season, for whatever. Did Tom really win? I'm not so sure. Logan won. He fucking wins. It's what he does. Tom curried favor with Logan. But if Logan's on his way out, you know, what is what is Tom really getting out of this is the question. He sold his soul. He brought Greg along. He seems to be willing to sacrifice his marriage at least that's how it appears from, from this moment. And he clearly wants to work his way up the ladder, but he's just been thrown into the fray with whatever is left of Gojo Waystar. He guess he's got a good word from Logan, but it doesn't seem like this really, at least right now, did major things for his career. You know, he, the way he described Greg's ascension from the endless middle to the bottom of the top, right? That's... He was essentially saying, that's what you can aspire to. I can take you out of there and put you here. But Tom's trying to get to the middle or the bottom of the top of the top. Yeah, Tom wants to be the head of a Fortune 500 or a political candidate, like he mentioned in the compliment tunnel at Kendall's birthday. He's just looking to rise. He seems amorphous, right? It doesn't really matter what it is. It's just as long as it's up, 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 up. His ambitions seem, you know, substanceless, if you will. They're just so he can enjoy his white wine and own a vineyard. That first very cold glass of white wine. And travel in style. 
I would say by his metrics, he probably won. I mean, he's certainly in a better position than everybody else other than Logan. Maybe Carrie. Oh, Carrie. Is the baby stuff real, Jake? Are we going to have a pregnant Carrie next season? I don't know because he could, I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know if the mockery thing is a ruse on Connor's part. I thought that was some Connor fuckery. I don't think that's necessarily real. That could be a prank, you know, because I looked at the the green smoothie thing as something like, dude, you you got to be healthy. Yeah. You know, you're you're not you're not managing yourself. Look at the, throughout this season, you've had a UT infection. You had a you know nearly collapsed on a walk on the beach. <laughs> you got to get yourself together. So I I read it that way, and and I do think that Connor might have just been fucking with them. But rumors do catch fire in this show, so and that's the beauty of this show, right? They don't mind putting something out there that's just a vicious rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that that's in play. Or why it would, you know, how it will really even impact things now that the way, now, now the way things are organized. They've already been deposed, each of them. I'm leaning Logan, number one boy of the episode, number one boy of the season. I'll give it to Tom. I don't mind giving it to Tom because I I was actually, I was kind of glad. As much as you can root for anyone on this show, he'd been pushed around so much this season put into such <laughs> brutal situations and came out clean and better than he was before. Nero and Sporus on top of the world. <laughs> they really brought that home beautifully. To close out the, the oh full arc of the story was just magical stuff. That was tremendous. Who shit the bed? Ha! Ha! So as you can see, the mystery of who pooped the bed has been solved. It'd be easy to say all three of the kids, but I don't think Kendall oh, it's Shiv. necessarily shit the bed here. It's Shiv. Shiv. Oh, 100% Shiv. She spearheaded this coup. I mean, Roman fucked up, but you got he fucked up already last episode. And he it destabilized him, too. So you could almost say, like, this: the insecurity was suffering from the two dismissals. There's the way... He got himself kicked out of things in, at the end of the previous episode and the way he gets dismissed from the meeting in this episode. So you can understand why he's suddenly frazzled and insecure because now he's out of loop. He's been in the loop the last few episodes completely. He's been the only one. Um, and so Shiv, though, got that massive comeuppance. And we don't even know how much she's even aware. From her mom, from her husband, from her dad. Everybody. She's on an island. And she's in bad shape. What will be interesting is if they open up the season and she's six months pregnant. Talk to me. (laughs) Dude, I'm the theory maker. I am the predictor. 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 Because then you have this scenario where she kind of wants out, but she also doesn't want to do that to her kid because that's what she knows. Be interesting to see if they try to go there. Season four seems like kind of an open board at this point. There's a lot of different things they could do. Big time. Yeah. There's a lot of new people they could introduce. It's exciting stuff. It's not quite as much of a direct cliffhanger as last season. No. Literally picked up those first two episodes right afterwards and 
dove right into the Kendall versus Logan stuff. No, this is a little bit different. I mean, this could have been an ending even. That's what some people were saying. If it were an ending though, Jake, we would be forced to say Logan's done. Lucas succeeded. All of the kids lose. That would be an ending for the show. Kind of see that. He, He decides to sell the company. If it were the ending, I would have wanted a couple more scenes. It did feel a little bit abrupt to end it on the Shiv face because it's like, she's just not going to address this at all. And we're going to leave this hanging for a year. Yes. But to your point that it wasn't the cliffhanger like the previous season where you're like going, whoa, I don't know what the next scene would be. To me, it was a very satisfying conclusion. Like we said, we could pick it up six months from now and that would make sense to us. We don't expect to get the next scene or the next day or the flight home yeah logan saying i win fuck off is pretty definitive there that's kind of the ethos of the show yeah (laughs) i win fuck you fuck off you're pedestrians like connor looking down at the elites from his penthouse you're just a bunch of ants yeah so so it was a good one it's a good run for jake hoy for eden lou in london i'm anthony mays and we'll see you at an undisclosed time in an undisclosed location. What are we going to do with souls anyway? Souls are boring. Boo souls. Boo souls.